Tell us something about the eagerness that we should be waiting for Ramadan, with which we should be waiting in uh, awaiting Ramadan. Well, you know, I mean, Ramadan is really upon us, so it's not uh, we don't have much time left to prepare. I think really we just need to focus on trying to understand what exactly Ramadan is and what we should be doing in that month. And I think the most simplest way to put it is that normally many of us, we spend Ramadan as if it's a month. And sort of we start the month of Ramadan and our goal and our end is Eid. But actually we have to realize that Ramadan is not an end in of itself, but Ramadan was meant to be a means to taqwa, a means to the mercy of Allah, a means to the qurb of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is what we need to do this year is we need to view Ramadan in that sense. And that Eid is not the end, but Eid actually represents the beginning. And then how can we spend these 30 days or 29 or 30 days in such a way that the benefit will last us throughout the whole year? Because today when we look at ourselves on the 29th or 28th of Shaban, we can really see that there is no effect of last year's Ramadan left upon us. And so if we know right now that we are living proof that last year's Ramadan had no lasting effect on us, so we need to make sure that this upcoming Ramadan isn't the same, but that this Ramadan actually has a lasting permanent effect on us. Sheikh, I was reading the khutbat of our Honorable Sheikh Zulfikar Ahmed Nakshbandi Damat Barakatu, and, you know, he mentioned something very, very pertinent in his uh, mawa'iz. He mentioned that the Akabir, the pious predecessors of this ummah, they would make dua for six months prior, six months prior to Ramadan for the coming of Ramadan. And after the passing of Ramadan, they would again lament at uh, the departure of Ramadan and they would also beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept the amal of Ramadan. So, Sheikh, what, uh, you know, uh, I don't know exactly, well, you spoke a little bit about taqwa a little earlier, la'allakum tattaqoon, that's mentioned in the Quranic ayat pertaining to Ramadan. But what are you going to inject, you know, into these withered arteries, you know, of the Muslim ummah, myself as well, Sheikh, regarding uh, Ramadan? What are you going to be speaking about tonight to us? Well, tonight, inshallah, I want to be just speaking about what, in terms of practical things, that we can do in this month of Ramadan. And I think that, you know, really that is the way that those early Muslims, they spent their whole year, either six months preparing for Ramadan or six months praying for the acceptance of their acts in Ramadan. And it shows really their understanding that Ramadan was really the most important month and they anchored their entire year around this month. And that's basically what, you know, I wanted to share some things that we've learned from our own Mashaikh and ulama about how we can make our Ramadan at least try to approximate uh, the way their Ramadan was. Sheikh, you know what I've noticed here in South Africa? Look, okay, no reflection on the ladies at home. I mean, they make a lot of khidmat, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to remain, remain, uh, you know, uh, reward them tremendously. But, Sheikh, what I've noticed is that uh, we seem to be eating more in Ramadan than out of Ramadan. We just seem to be altering the times of eating. Any comment on that, Sheikh? Well, you know, I think uh, we're really hurting ourselves when we do that because the whole purpose of the fast, and fasting is just really actually one aspect of Ramadan, but the whole purpose of fasting is to enable us to discipline our nafs. But we counter that by eating so much between Maghrib and Fajr that whatever 
benefit we were able to get from fasting from Fajr to Maghrib, however much we were able to discipline our nafs in that time, all becomes negated. In fact, you find Muslims actually say they gain weight in Ramadan. And rather than eat simply and eat humbly, people eat more extravagantly and eat more abundantly. And all of that actually ends up just feeding the nafs. So the net result is that even from Fajr to Maghrib, we are disciplining the nafs. But from Maghrib to Fajr, we end up feeding the nafs so much that the overall net result is that the nafs becomes stronger in the month of Ramadan, whereas the whole purpose of the fast was to make the nafs weaker in this month. Sheikh, you know, you mentioned a little earlier about, uh, you know, the shaitan being chained in the month of Ramadan. Now we find, um, you know, many people come to the ulama and come and tell them that there were vices that they were involved in before Ramadan, and they find that they are still involved in these vices in the month of Ramadan. Shaitan is chained, he's locked up, and why are we still doing those sins? Can you give us a little bit of an insight into that? Oh, yeah, well, the answer to that is very simple, is that we, we're doing those sins due to our nafs. And actually, we overestimate how many of our sins are due to shaitan. My own estimate is that for most people, only 10% of their sins is due to shaitan, and 90% of the sin is due to their nafs. So those sins that we were doing, especially those that are related to lust and unlawful desires, yes, shaitan may have whispered to us to try to ignite us to do that sin, but nonetheless, those unlawful feelings and unlawful urges are present in our nafs. And that is why chaining the shayateen is an instantaneous act done by Allah. But in order to train our nafs, Allah's has made a tough regimen of 29, 30 days of fasting. So the simple answer is that we were doing those sins due to our nafs, and therefore we must try to fight our nafs in this month of Ramadan so that we can save ourselves from those sins. Now, Sheikh, the normal concept from the fiqh angle uh, is understood by many as to be refraining from uh, eating food, from drinking water, and from cohabitation in the month of Ramadan. But uh, there must be more to it where the entire body or limbs of the body, especially the tongue, also go into a state of fasting. Can you give us a little bit to elaborate on this particular subject? Because this is very important, because many people don't guard their tongues in the month of Ramadan. Ghibat has become very, very common, and you know, a lot of people don't think anything bad about riba. And especially you know, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, uh, that you're eating the flesh of your dead brother, so that means there's some sort of a consumption there, and yet we're not supposed to be eating in Ramadan. Sheikh, please give us a little bit of insight into this year so that we can have the perfect fast in the month of Ramadan. You know, really, we should be fasting from everything that is displeasing to Allah, and we should be fasting from all thoughts of ghair Allah. And that is the real purpose of fasting, so we don't want to do fasting from sin, whether we don't want our eyes to sin, tongue to sin, our mind to sin, we don't want to think any thoughts that are not pleasing to Allah. Our hearts to sin, we don't want to feel any emotions or feelings that are not pleasing to Allah. That is the real purpose of the month of Ramadan. And that is why a person should always remind oneself that Anasa'im, I'm fasting, I'm in a state of fast. How can I be fasting and think like that? How can I be fasting and speak like that? How can I be fasting and look like that? And so this fasting is trying to create an awareness, a state of zikr, a state of remembrance, a heightened state of awareness of our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching me. And that is really the type, that is the level of fasting that all of us should be striving to achieve. Now, Sheikh, <clears throat> earlier on you had mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
you know, is mentioned in the Quran in Majid that one of the purposes of fasting is لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ very often you would find that uh, you know ulama would say tattaqun is to inculcate the fear of allah uh, somebody says that you must be conscious of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just give us a little bit of an insight into this year that we know exactly why we are fasting and what is the deep meaning of taqwa well, you know through this taqwa allah subhanahu is trying to restore us to our honor because allah ta'ala said in the quran inna akramakum indallahi atqakum and really the most honored, respected, and loved, beloved of you and Allah Ta'ala, to, to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala, are those who have the most taqwa. And taqwa means to know Allah as He deserves to be known, to fear Allah as He deserves to be feared, to love Allah as He deserves to be loved, to obey Allah as He deserves to be obeyed, and to stay away from everything that displeases Allah, and to stay away from everything that is against the sunnah of the Prophet And so Allah Ta'ala is hopeful. Allah means that Allah Ta'ala is hopeful that due to this month, we will also become people of taqwa. Now, Sheikh, uh, you know, uh, we've still got a few minutes left for the program. You know, uh, Laylatul Qadr. I mean, I think that must be the essence of the noble month of Ramadan. I remember when we were studying in Persian, then Sheikh Saadi Rahmatullah had mentioned Garhama Shabha Shabi Qadr Bude, Shabi Qadr Be Qadr Bude. If every night was a night of Qadr and power, then the night of power would have had no power. Sheikh, uh, we want you to, inshallah, explain this night of power to us in such a manner that we look, really look forward to it, Sheikh, and get the spiritual benefits of this night here. Um, you know, how we should be uh, uh, exercising our spiritual selves, you know, and waiting for it, and what should we be doing in those particular nights? Laylatul Qadr is an incredible gift in Ramadan, you know. And the way we can try to catch this, you know, our Sheikh has explained to us, Allah Ta'ala said in the Quran, Hatta Matla al Fajr. That this, light, this night lasts until the dawning of Fajr. And so if every night in Ramadan we can spend the last ten, five, ten minutes before Fajr and Dua, then we will be guaranteed that we would have caught Lil Tukadar and made Dua in Lil Tukadar in this month of Ramadan. But according to Hadith, it's been suggested that Lil Tukadar comes in one of the last odd nights on the last 10 days of the month of Ramadan, at 21, 23, 25, 27, or 29, there are five nights. On this night, we should try to spend this night in as much worship, but as much du'a and tawbah as we can. Because if this is the night of power, then this is exactly what we need. That we need power in order to become a person of taqwa. We need to add power to our tawbah to make sure it's lasting and true. So we should try to make all of these du'a and do all of these things on this night so we tap into the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to let, is going to bestow His power on us to bring us closer to Him on the deen. Shahru Ramadan al-Ladhi unzila fihi al-Qur'an Now the men folk, they read their tarawih in the masjids, alhamdulillah We in South Africa, we have the grand opportunity of, many, of all our masajid And many homes and uh, institutions where because of the abundance of Father Kiram that are present That we recite the noble Qur'an Now other than tarawih itself, 
maybe you can just highlight to the listeners as to with what feeling should we be standing up, uh, you know, uh, for Tarawi and Imanu uh, Ehtisaba, and also on the on the other hand, you know, with what feeling it was, what inspiration should we be making tilawat of the Quran Majid? You know, when we stand for Tarawih, we should really try to listen attentively to the Qur'an. And even if we don't know, if there are people who don't know the Arabic language completely, still they can make out words like Allah, Rahma, Jannah, a whole bunch of words that they can understand. And they should try to lock in their ears and try to listen to those words. And when they hear the mention of the mercy of Allah, they should heart should soften. When they hear the mention of the power and the azmat and the might of Allah, their heart should tremble. So we should really try to listen to the qira'at, to the recitation, very intently when we are standing in tarawih prayers. And secondly, as we should do whenever we pray, we should be mindful and aware of the fact that we're standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that we are addressing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a congregation. And as far as Tilawat goes, we should, all of us, we should try, inshallah, to read at least once the entire Quran in Arabic. And again, when we read it, we should try to read the words attentively and try at least to feel an emotional response to those words that we understand if we're not able to know the Arabic.